0: Hey entrepreneurs and website owners, if you're ready to take your online presence to the next level, you need a reliable web post, and that's where HostGator comes in. HostGator is your one-stop solution for easy, affordable, and powerful web hosting. Whether you're launching a blog, an online store, or anything in between, HostGator's got you covered. Don't miss out on creating the website you've always wanted. Visit Stigmas and Open Wounds slash HostGator today and let your online journey begin.
1: everybody. Welcome to another episode of Stigmas and Open Wounds. I'm Tracy Walterkins
0: and I'm Eric Walterkins.
1: This episode is about social anxiety. So a little bit to explain what social anxiety is ins and outs. And I actually read something the other day that really hit home with me. I follow this really great group on Instagram, it's called a safe place in your head. And, uh, and here's something that someone posted on it. It said, social anxiety is an excuse. Would you enjoy being scared of ordering a damn menu? Hearing people laughing and instantly thinking they're laughing at you? Counting your money a hundred times to make sure you don't make a fool out of yourself? It is not a fucking joke. Okay, And that really hit home with me, mostly because, honestly, I don't think I realized how many times I recounted my money simply because I didn't want to make a mistake and have people look at me. And I've realized that when I hear people laughing, I look around and go, Oh my God, are they laughing at me? That is simply what social anxiety is. In a nutshell, there's so many forms of it, but it can be small, it can be big, but you guys, it is for real. Well,
0: and I think that, I think it's, I want to clarify with this because I think it's fair to say that I don't know that people really don't believe that social anxiety is real because I think everybody has social anxiety, but I think the important thing to reiterate is just being with the different conditions that you might have with a mental disease, social anxiety is amplified. So what if you're not suffering from depression or something of that nature, what you know as social anxiety might not be the same thing as what somebody that has depression or or bipolar is experiencing with social anxiety. It's just magnified like... Imagine what you're experiencing times 10, and right, that might right. be what somebody is.
1: Right. Well, and so I know we have a friend who said his sister has social anxiety, and he's like, I just don't understand it. But I think he's a big, big people person.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And props to him. So it, it can be really hard to explain. And today I realized that I think I had social anxiety before I had any other issue. And it pretty much stems from being made fun of when I was younger, I think. If I were to really, really, really look at things, I think it was because I didn't want to ever make a mistake that this kid and, and then later on his friend could make fun of me for. So I would just watch myself in public and then I would get scared whenever I was around him and then eventually possibly more people because I was like, if I do something that anybody takes notice of, oh man, you know? And then I would just get scared. And then of course, I think it just got worse because I just had regular anxiety and not a daily basis, but just on a semi-regular or here and there basis and it just made it worse when I would have a panic attack. Back in the day I didn't have panic attacks. Now I have panic attacks. So that's kinda of where that that all stems from. So
0: And would you say that not only is it you might have a magnified social anxiety, do you also think that social anxiety is a catalyst to thing other things that are driven by suffering from these mental diseases. Like you said, an anxiety attack. Well, strong social anxiety is going to push you to a a anxiety attack much faster than just say, I suffer from social anxiety as well. I right. will never have an anxiety attack from it. Right. I mean, I'm just going to be hopefully. uncomfortable. Well, yeah. yeah. To date, I have never had an anxiety <laughs> attack from social anxiety. From right. being cooped up during COVID, who knows once I start once yeah. really start getting out there, maybe I'll find that I will, but but the point is is that it not only is it just something of its own, but it also helps push somebody that's suffering from these illnesses just a little bit further to hit something that is not really a good thing because if anybody out there is listening... That has not seen an, an anxiety attack. It's, it, it's a scary thing to see it is. the first time. It is. You're like, well, and you're the, like, what is going on?
1: And the first time you have one too. I know a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, am I having a heart attack? I'm like, oh no, sweetie, you're just you're just having a panic attack. You're gonna make it through. It's cool. It's cool. It sucks. I know. But uh, you bring up this this interesting thing. You said, who knows after COVID, and. What's interesting is we already, we had a different episode slated that we were going to record today. And and then I just said, you know what? Social anxiety is really bugging me right now. I got to record this episode. So really, I think to kind of let everybody in uh, as to why social anxiety is so big with me right now is I am very introverted Think I'm introverted. A big part is because yeah, yeah, I do have social anxiety, and sure, I can go in a big crowd if I prep myself properly. So this week I am volunteering for this huge golf tournament. Some of you may know it. It's it's called the Ryder Cup. I mean, not everybody knows it because not everybody's into golf, but it is huge, and it is one where like the tournament or the the, the fans are actually really loud and really out there. Um and I have to work in the store. I have not done retail since college, guys. And man, the shops have been busy. That's called social anxiety. Like I have not had time to stop and breathe during my shifts. And like I'll I'll be paired with somebody, you know, you're either cashier bag or whatever. And the person I'm working with is always waving people down. And I'm like, no, no. Can we just like get a second so I can breathe and catch my breath and not be with people for just two minutes? And then, you know, then I'll go out and see some of the action. And that's great. But then there's more people there. And literally, to get myself ready for this event... At least the day before, I have to kind of take some time to myself. Like my friend, one of my friends called, she's in, or messaged, she's in town. And I'm like, look, I can do something, but I can only, you know, I'll do lunch. Like I needed, I needed the evening before just to kind of make sure I had things in order, whatever. And and then kind of get my brain in gear to prep for the fact that, man, I got to be around a lot of people. And then today, I just took a day to be with me and the TV and watch the match on TV. Tomorrow's going to be a full day of people. And it's really hard for me. And I don't think people understand, like even like people close to me understand how much prep time and how much like downtime I need after a big get together honestly like they just think oh well tracy can come it's like no man big events are hard for me like weddings even big events they take a lot out of me mentally and just physically even physically it's insane
0: yeah i think it's important you should have probably said this before you told this story but sorry but um just so you know, if you are a fan of golf and you're listening to this podcast and you realize, wait a minute, the Ryder Cup isn't going on right now.
1: Oh, we don't necessarily
0: yeah. air these episodes the exact week that they're recorded. We do a lot of pre-recording and things like that. So if it wow. is a little off schedule, it's we promise you right now the Ryder Cup is going on. Yeah it's just when the episode is published it might not be going on anymore.
1: I think most people assume that these things, but yeah, sorry guys. But uh yeah, so that that's just kind of where where my week has been where and and I don't think I even touched on the covid thing and I what I think it was was that I I literally think my social anxiety has gotten worse since covid because it's been okay to literally just be in your own bubble
0: and you've been used to being in your own bubble you're yeah like like anything if you go out in public a lot you're going to get used to going out in public and the more you go out in public the more you'll get used to it even with social anxiety it will diminish a little bit just because you'll get used to the action of doing it right but but i mean everybody's been shut up for i mean quite some time now right and and so yeah i mean i i would assume that everybody is being affected by that i know that i'm being affected by that and yeah. i don't have suffer from any sort of mental illness but i am very much an introvert so you right. know my my desire to be an introvert has been amplified over the past year because i'm like hey man this not going out and seeing people thing is pretty cool yeah
1: like literally when you're like like, oh, man, you know, I have no desire to go to restaurants anymore. This delivery thing is great. And I'm like, man, I'm all for that. I will just sit at home. And I'm not saying I'm a couch potato or anything like that. I, I just kind of like being in my own bubble. And the thing is, we used to go out roller skating and all that. And when I feel more comfortable, and I'm not talking even socially comfortable. I'm talking when I feel more comfortable in terms of The groups and stuff, and I know I was just talking about going, (laughs) being in this big group event. Well, I've been masked up and stuff. I'm not gonna go roller skate with a mask, but but I'll do that that again, and I'll slowly do little things that I feel comfortable with and see musicians and whatever. But my desire for doing things is is just very different than than it used to be. And I know I need to not let myself pull back. And, but I also, I also need to to know that, you know what? I can't push myself further than I, than I want to, because I need to, to be in, in a certain comfort zone. I need to push myself so that I can grow. But then I also just need to be like, you know what? If at the end of the night, I don't like going out and I just want to, to be at home with my cats, then that's fine. Because, you know, we go travel and I know people are probably scratching their head and go, how do you go to other countries if you have like this kind of social anxiety? And I guess it's because you and I are just together more so when we go to these other countries. And there's some times where I get nervous if, We have a little barrier of breakdown with languages with some people. But for some reason, it just doesn't affect me when I'm traveling. And I don't know if it's because I'm in a different mindset, a happy mindset,
0: or what. Well, and we don't get involved in such elaborate social experience yeah i mean i think that's the thing yeah we go on tours but there's i mean six to eight people and you don't necessarily even have to talk to them if you don't want to you just have to sit next to them or sit near them i think and
1: i think that's that's the big thing like i do what i'm comfortable with you know so i think i think that's the thing like you said a lot of people do have social anxiety. I don't think everybody has it, too. And maybe everybody does have it to an extent. You know, certain people have it. It just depends I, on what it is. You know, I mean, some people are like, look, I won't go to another country.
0: Well, we will. It's I mean, just, there are probably people out there that tell you that they don't have any sort of social anxiety. But my my theory on it... and you can all email Tracy and tell her tell her how big of an idiot i am but everybody does and maybe <laughs> they just don't realize it there it could, is something it could be very that true. They, there is something that makes everybody uncomfortable so everybody yeah. should should understand this to a slight extent
1: yeah whether whether it's just going to a different part of town that they don't know and it it just might not be the everyday social anxiety as bad as some of us,
0: I—I I mean, I have talked to, at at a bare minimum, think about it as feeling like you're giving a speech in front of a loud crowd of people. Yes, and and Which, I, I would tell you that like I've spoken with people that speak publicly for a living, and they still, they do this every day for their of their lives, and they still say they get up there. And feel nervous the fir- for the first 10 minutes that they're doing it. Yeah. So I can't imagine there's a person in the world that is just completely at ease when they go this up and speak true. in front of a, per- a group.
1: You know, it's funny. I was always really, really good at that in school. And I think it was just because I was always so super prepared. The only time that I got nervous speaking in public was when I had to speak about my business And I think it's because I was speaking about myself. (laughs) And, you know, I have a little (laughs) self-confidence. So, makes sense, right? Now, if I was speaking about you, I might be a little bit nervous at the beginning. But I'd be like, hey, you know, there's, there's this great guy. This is his business or this is what he, I don't know, whatever it would have to be. But I'd get up there and I would just be like, I'd have my notes and I'd be like, look, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm, as long as I'm prepped. Mm-hmm. But if I'm talking about myself, forget about it. But I can just tune out everything when I'm doing that for some reason. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Everybody hates social, like public speaking. I don't know why I could always do that though. And that's strange to me.
0: It is very strange.
1: But I think it's because I could just shut everything off that. And maybe when I go out in public, I just need to like, like go in public speech mode and pretend nobody's there and that I'm speaking to them. But
0: maybe that's what it is, is maybe when you speak publicly. You're not speaking towards anybody, and maybe what gives you that anxiety is when you're speaking directly to somebody. Yeah, I mean,
1: but I think I think when I speak, I'm like, you know what? I have the authority on what I'm speaking on, and they know nothing, so I'm informing them, and yeah. that's that's why I always felt conf- confident. Whereas when I'm walking, I'm like, oh my god, what are they picking apart? Are they picking apart my hair? Are they picking? Which is funny because. When I went to the psychologist that I finally decided I liked, she's like, you know, if I were to meet you in a bar, I would actually be intimidated by you. And like, I mean that in the very best way, but like, for those of you who haven't checked out my, the Instagram yet, which I'll give you, you know, links and all that at the end of the show, um, you haven't seen a picture of me I have purple hair I believe back then when I met my psychologist I had dark red hair but I have just a lot of piercings in my ears so she's like you know you look like you have it together and all that and I'm like oh man I'm glad I look like I do (laughs) (laughs) But, but every so often I remember that and and I think if 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 she's saying this about me, then there's got to be some other people who are saying that about who are thinking this about me, and and that might be why they're giving me a look if they are, or why they aren't coming to approach me or something of the sort. And I and I I've, I've always found that kind of intriguing. Like, okay, maybe there's something about me that isn't so. I don't know, freakish, or so <laughs> you, you know, you, you, you kind of feel like you stand out in a bad way, and maybe I stand out in an okay way. It's hard to say, but I do have another example of my social anxiety this week. And I don't think I told you about this one, Eric. So I'm sitting in the living room, right? And I see this truck pull up. And I could see something written on the side, but I wasn't sure what it was. And I thought, oh, it's the people to spray for our weeds. And oh, that means that they're going to come up to the door and talk to me. Oh, man. And I'm, I'm seriously just sitting there dreading this for like five minutes. And then it turned out that it was just somebody who was sitting in their truck, probably looking up directions to where they had to go next. And then they drove off. And man... I sighed such a big (laughs) sigh of relief. But like, that is where my social anxiety lies. I literally did not want to say hello to the weed person and, okay, cool, that's what you're going to do today? Nope, we don't need anything else. (laughs) Like, I swear to you all, that is all I would have had to say probably. But I did not want to answer the door. I hate doing that stuff. I don't know why. It's stupid, but I don't like it. And maybe I mean, I don't want to say it's stupid because I there's people listening that are like it is not stupid because <laughs> because it's 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 not stupid I do it. But I I just I can't shut my brain off and say, "Come on, Tracy, man up." And
0: it isn't it isn't necessarily stupid. What it is, is it is slightly irrational. You know that yeah. you have to open the door and say two lines to the person and they're going to go away, do their merry thing, be gone. And there really is no reason to dread that. But for some reason you do. Yeah. And, and that's what's so puzzling with these mental diseases is that, right. that there's no rationale to that. And I mean, everybody's got to have something in their life. That mentally they just dread doing. And yeah. when they think about it, they're like, it doesn't make any sense for me to dread doing this. Right. But, but, but you do, you yeah. know, like I, I wouldn't call it social anxiety, but all the time, I mean, I hate making phone calls. Oh, I yeah. don't know why. I was going to say
1: making phone calls, I'll bet you 50% like 50% of people hate doing that. Yeah.
0: Like when I. When when something goes wrong or something and I have to call somebody to get it fixed, I'm like, oh mm-hmm. God, come on! I don't want to do this today. And yeah. and it's literally you call them and they're like, okay, we'll be out there at three o'clock on such and such day. But I just don't want to do it. I'm like, man, why? I mean, I had to go find a a barber that I could make an an appointment on the internet for because I just hate calling so bad. Oh so, I do too. I know. Which by the way is not an easy thing to find. At least where we live, it is not easy to find. There is like yeah. one place that does it.
1: And the oil so, change place. Yeah,
0: and the oil change place. Yeah, if they say they have the ability to book it online, it's usually not true. Yeah. We found one we found now. It. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. But. Oh, I know. And yeah, the little things, but I think the the phone call thing, I think that's a that's a big one, man. I mean, I, I've i had that one. And then you put off the phone calls and then you're like, no, I'm going to do it. And then like you're, you're on the, the phone and you're like, answering machine, answering machine. Come on, baby. And then you almost want to yell when they answer instead. And then you're like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I did want to talk to you. It's so puzzling. But if you really sit back and think like sometimes you can piece together why this happens, but then you can also piece together and go, I don't know. It makes no sense. And if you try to explain it to somebody, they're just like, so you just don't like groups?
0: And it, it, it's, it's funny because it's like there's a line. Yeah. And everybody, what everybody's on one side of the line or the other side of the line. Yeah. So either you'll tell them that... You, you get anxiety from this and they're like, what? what? Or they're like, oh yeah, me too, you know? Like, right, right, right. You know? And, and
1: that's, that's the thing. That's, that's the total thing is that you're taking this gamble by saying something like, like, okay, so this, this is my issue and, and you're either going to get judged. Well, I guess one of three things. You're either going to get judged you're going to hear the, oh, me too, or the, okay, that's cool. Tell yeah, me more. I suppose there there is. There, the there, o- are, there are the few of the, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I am starting to get more of that, and that's why I am trying to open up more. Like I said, it's not my opening line. Generally, the reason I, I tell people now is when they say, do you have kids, then I say, that that's a big reason why is the whole I have a lot of medical issues and then they stare at me blankly <laughs> and, then, and then I'm like okay and, so. the, and then your
0: your social anxiety flares up because well, somebody's staring at you blankly yeah,
1: yeah exactly exactly. so I'm like okay so the medical issues things didn't work so now I gotta explain some of the bigger ones cause yeah guess what guys bipolar isn't all <laughs> but but yeah. And, and I think even some of the, some people who, who know me, who understand are still figuring all this stuff out. Like multiple years ago, my brother lives in Maryland. Okay. And you know, this obviously, so we went to the fireworks in DC. My parents were like, yeah, this would be a, A really great thing to do just once just once because the crowd's going to be crazy and I'm like okay so upsides fireworks are going to be great downsides people so many people and I held on to Eric's hand so tight that day as we were going through crowds I don't know how I didn't break his hand and like my dad had said something to me during that that day. I don't remember what he said, and I accidentally snapped at him because I was right about to have an anxiety attack. And then on the way back to my brother's place, I was like, "Yeah, so real sorry about snapping at you earlier. I was uh, I was right in the brink of an anxiety attack." He's like, "Oh, is that what that is?" I'm like. Yeah, I uh, I thought you might be thinking I was a little bit of a bitch to you, and and I think then he was kind of you know again putting the the pieces together like yeah the you know this didn't seem right and so he really got to see me in full force that day and and you got to see you you were really good support that day for me but oh still remember the
0: crowds
1: (laughs) it was painful ouch
0: but so i think one of the important things you should talk a little bit about yeah so you've dealt with this for however long and i think we kind of did this in the last episode too definitely what are some of the things you do to uh, cope with this i guess
1: well Okay, so I, I kind of touched on this a little bit earlier in this in this episode. I do try to push myself a little bit, but then when I feel like getting to be too much, then I'm like, okay, I pull back. I don't want to live a life where I just I, where I live in the house or <laughs> like literally just I'm uh, a a shut in. Even though, man, some days, some days that's great. So I, I do try to push myself, but then when it's just too much, then I say, okay, I'm going to pull it back. So I, I, I try to get myself out there into new situations, a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, and then I have a support system. Obviously, I have you. I, I have, if I can't have you, I try to have somebody else with me. And I have gone to Chicago without, like, I've, I've literally gone to Chicago alone. I went to a, a festival. I'm actually surprised I managed. I mean, and, and I do always have anxiety pills with me. Like, no joke. I have some on my water bottle. Um, <laughs> because I just never know when I will need them. But I will never push myself past my limitation if, if it's time I will, I'll just like pull the plug, but so that's, that's kind of, that's kind of how I cope with that, but you have to find where you're comfortable. You have to know your limitations and be like, you know what? Groups of this size is where it's comfortable. If somebody wants me to go to this, say, look, I'll be here for an hour. I'll give it a try. But I can't do it for much longer. And I literally did that for one for a friend's uh, bachelorette party. I, I just said, you know, I just I can't do the bars very well. And I remember that night too coming home and I was like, Oh yeah, this is where I need to be. <laughs> I just I just could not. I I just couldn't be amongst that many people. I just can't. And you just you just learn what you can and can't do. And I think that's, that is the biggest thing. And another thing too, and I should have said this last week, but this also does kind of work for this week too. I've learned how to get rid of the negative people in my life. So that can also kind of help with social anxiety because if you're not going out with the people who are negative influences in your life, And I'm not necessarily saying negative people like negative, negative Nancys. Granted, you don't want those people either. But the people who are just like donors in your life and not adding anything to it. You know, maybe, maybe they only come to you when they want something or maybe, maybe they just drain you. I've I've just gotten rid of the people who I just, I just don't, don't jaw well with anymore. They just don't do anything for my life anymore. And I think that helps too because then I'm not going out with people who it's just why did I even do this? Why did I get ready for this? It's a 5 minutes in and I'm already regretting this. So,
0: yeah, and I and I think another thing that we've done a really good job with is not just somebody that maybe has a negative attitude but I think we've identified people in your life that just leave you with a bad vibe. Yeah. You know, that's... maybe they said something in the past that has just stuck with you or something right. like that. And you're just not comfortable around them. Mm-hmm. And and if there is somebody like that in your life, I think it's important for you to acknowledge that. Yes. And separate... I mean, there might be somebody in your life like that that you just can't eliminate from your life for whatever reason. But you do need to acknowledge that this person has a negative effect on me and I need to separate myself from this person as much as humanly possible. And I think that's a really important thing to realize because I do think, yes, I would say that Tracy has social anxiety in general, But there are certain people that I know she's encountered in her life that makes that social anxiety Mm -hmm. amplified way beyond. And I don't know if, I would love to tell you that there is a solution to get over that. But a lot of times I think the solution we have found is separate ourselves from that person as much as possible.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's n- not necessarily because because they're a bad person. It's, no, just, it's just
1: not a good fit.
0: It's just there's something that's triggering that, and
1: yeah, either either they're not at the right point in their life that you're at, or would you keep dating somebody? If they just weren't a right fit for you, well, maybe that friend or family member or whatever isn't a right fit for you. And if it is a family member, I'm not necessarily saying get rid of them. Like, like Eric said, just maybe distance yourself from them a little bit more until they're ready to, to be
0: better for you. And even if it's not distancing yourself, I think a big step is just acknowledging it. Yes. Just knowing that, hey, this person does something to me. I'm very uncomfortable around this person. Yeah. Because just by you knowing that whenever you're around them, you're going to build up natural things you do. Yeah. Defenses to kind of eliminate a little bit of that anxiety from you. And if you can eliminate a big anxiety over time, those little anxieties I think will become much easier to deal with
1: super so, true, super so. true, and even though, like I said, right now, my social anxiety is pretty bad because i'm I've been in my bubble, and all of a sudden I'm in this huge <laughs> bringing myself in this huge group of people, that doesn't mean that what I've done hasn't worked. it's just that i've I've been so sheltered for a while.
0: <laughs> mm. Well, and it'll never go away. No, it'll, it'll never
1: it'll never go away. I just have to desensitize myself yeah, you, again. I, <laughs> I mean, just have to go through that process and and rework the steps well, and all that good stuff and
0: And and I'm really sorry to break this news to you, Tracy, but I don't think you'll ever go to a place where there's probably twenty thousand people and feel comfortable. Well so, oh, I think
1: they said that there were more than that there.
0: I figured but I just I, I was shooting low because I didn't want to yeah I didn't want to like sound stupid I guess. Yeah, so. no,
1: no, I know. I don't even remember how many, but yeah, there's there's a lot. It all I know is I saw people and I I nearly blacked out, man. <laughs> it was it was bad and and I I just I feel for anybody else who feels that way cuz it can be it can be heart stopping. But it's it's hard to deal with. And short of just trying to breathe. And like I said, I have my anxiety pills on me at all times. I know there's some good essential oils. I've done those. Those are great. And just get in a conversation with somebody because then the whole room kind of goes away except for you and that one person that's great so those are some really really good tips because otherwise social anxiety when you're somewhere big can be can be really really rough and and like I said I I I also I I just avoid places that I know that I don't like because it's just too busy some places are worth it if it's busy and I know that I'm only gonna be there for a short time, and it's for something good. But for instance, I personally don't like Oktoberfest that we have around here, but that's just me it's because it's just a big drunken fest with some music that I find mediocre. But sometimes some the its
0: food is so good. I, I know
1: sometimes sometimes the the music is good. It it very much depends. But sometimes I'll go down for like an hour just to check out food because Eric likes it. But I'm like. You're holding out my hand because there's a lot of people down there and they start drinking early because this is Wisconsin. (laughs) So you you pick and choose what you do, where you go. And I kind of, like I said, we we have a deal. I said, I'll go down there, get the food, and then we're coming home. We are not spending the day, (laughs) which honestly I don't think Eric wants to do that. No, anyway,
0: no, because none but, of that music really excites me either. And what else are we gonna do down there? Yeah, we don't drink anymore. So, so.
1: so. yeah, it, it's just just. I think social anxiety it it is a very, very real thing, and yeah, it's it's something that can take a lot out of you, mentally, physically, emotionally, just, and if. If the people closest to you don't know about it too, they might start to think, okay, then something's up if you start snapping at them. So just might want to let them in on it if you're in a group with them. Because like I said, I snapped at my dad and theoretically he could have maybe known, but I haven't lived with him for how many years now? So he kind of forgets that that's how I am. So so, yeah.
0: And I think it's it's important to note that, that if something like that does happen and you snap at somebody important to you, A- you apologize. know. Apologize. Apologize and, and, and explain understand. to them why, you know. Yeah. And,
1: yeah, obviously, explain to them.
0: and And... Don't get me wrong, depending on the type of person they are, they might, they might just, just be like, like no, whatever. no, that's not a, a reasonable excuse. But, right. you know, at least you gave them the explanation. Yeah,
1: exactly. For just that. just yeah. let them know why.
0: So do you have anything else you want to I talk don't. about? Or I, I...
1: I don't. Uh, you know, I'm looking at my list, and I think I pretty much covered what I wanted to cover. The only thing that I really want to, to let people know is, is that it really is important to take time for yourself. So just if, if you, if you do go to, to some event and you're just like, wow, that really drained me. You know what? Remember your, your, your emotional self, your brain is connected to your physical self and your body can start to hurt because of that. So take time, take a day if you need, take an hour, take a day, take however long you need to recover because you don't want to start to get run down because, you know, you went out or because you pushed
0: yourself too far. That goes back again to what you said earlier, know your limitations. Exactly. You know, and and I mean, sure, maybe going out and partying every night is a lot of fun, but if it just makes you get exhausted all the next day is it <laughs> well, really worth it
1: well i think i think i think going out and partying every day is is not something an introvert or somebody with social anxiety is gonna do but I, what I, I think i think it's just that if you even like try to try to even push yourself too far if you push yourself and you actually even just go to a wedding and that's not something that you do very often like that's just a big party And while there were a lot of people there, say say it was a 500 person wedding and that's just a lot for you. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to take Sunday for myself because this is a lot for my brain. It's a lot for my, then it can eventually become a lot for your body. Even if you didn't drink, even if you didn't really, really party, just the socialization Mm -hmm. can be really hard for somebody who gets anxious socializing with everybody so Mm -hmm. just something to kind of kind of think over don't feel guilty taking time for yourself that's that is the biggest thing biggest piece of advice that i got from from one of my psychiatrists is he said bipolar people need to sleep a lot so i said sweet i love naps (laughs) so yeah that is, uh, that's really what I took out of that. And, but really, I do take. I have learned how to take me time, and I do love it. It's one of my favorite things. <laughs> so, so yeah. Do you have anything else that you would like to add, Eric?
0: No, I'm I'm good on my end. So.
1: Well, good. So I want to hit you guys up with a little bit of contact info because I made us an Instagram, and. I made us a Gmail. So I'm going to hopefully be documenting our uh, our journey through this. Uh, our email is stigmasandopenwounds all one word at gmail.com and we do have an Instagram. It's stigmasandopenwounds but after each word except for the last there is an underscore. So, but if you just search us, you can probably find it just fine next week we're going to tackle a uh pretty sensitive topic cutting so uh stick with us and that's actually going to be in two weeks sorry i misspoke with that so two weeks uh stick with us and we'll be talking about cutting thank you everybody and uh i'm tracy
0: and i'm eric thank you all
1: right thank you